Hello, everybody. Welcome. <clears throat> excuse me. Welcome to the very first episode of The Big Loser. That's right. And who is The Big Loser? Me. Moi. Yes, me. Uh huh. And uh, <laughs> that's sort of a play on words, but hopefully it'll it'll work out in the end. Uh, hopefully, I will be the big loser um, in more ways than one. But this time, I'm kind of hoping to fail, uh, so to speak. Um, okay. So my name is Victor. I am your host. And um, this is a program where I'll be chronicling my journey through the bariatric program at the Humber River Regional Hospital. I'll give you some backstory, but first, if you like or enjoy what I'm about to say, definitely subscribe and hit that like button. And follow us on Facebook at uh, Whose Blind Life Is It Anyway? And follow us on Twitter at Blind Whose. You can also catch us on podcasts everywhere. Uh, I'm not sure if I'll create a podcast with this episode or not, or with this show, rather. Uh, we'll have to see how popular it is and how much I fail if I do. Uh, having said that, Watch us on podcasts, uh, on Apple, Google, Spotify, all the nifty ones, your favorite podcast apps and devices. And, of course, if you want to contact me, you can always do so at whoseblindlifeisitanyway at gmail.com. And, uh, or you can tweet me or send me a message on our Facebook page. And... Um, this goes for questions about the program. If you want have any questions or concerns or criticisms or even feedback about the show, leave them down in the comment section. But if your comment is a more private nature, meaning you want to talk about personal aspects of yourself or your health, uh, definitely send me an email. Uh, and I won't read your name or divulge your name on screen or anything, but uh, I will answer any questions that are posed to me or any concerns that come to me about the program. Now, what is the bariatric? Well, no, let's go back to my history first. I have always been overweight, Literally overweight. <clears throat> I was the favorite foil of many a bully in school. Which is ironic because nobody bullied. Well, yeah, maybe I did get bullied about my glasses, but I don't remember that. But I do remember being bullied about my weight. That was a common area of teasing. And uh, needless to say, the more I got bullied, the fatter I got. And the fatter I got, the more I got bullied. I'm sure you all know what that's like. So I was not blind. 
I did have Coke bottle glasses. Um, I don't think anybody made fun of my Coke bottle glasses. And if they did, I don't care. I didn't care because I've been wearing glasses since the age of two. Kind of like my daughter did. But, you know, where my daughter got her eyesight create corrected with those lenses, I did not. So here we are. What, 48, 50 years later, and I'm blind as a bet. So whether they corrected my vision or not, I fucked it all up on my own. <laughs> oh, and before I forget, I should say that this program is going to touch on subjects of a personal nature. Um, it's going to be straight talk. I will not mince words. I may see things that will upset you or piss you off or offend you. So viewer discretion is advised. Uh, I'm also going to say things that may trigger you in some way, uh, be it in mental health or maybe you'll just get hungry or something and start pigging out. I don't know. But there may be some trigger points in this show. So watch out for that too. So continuing on, like I said, I mean, by the time I hit the end of high school, I was about 240. About 5'7", 240. No, five, actually, no, I'm lying. I was about 5'5", five, 5'6", five, five, when I graduated high school. Uh, since then, I've grown an inch, about a 5'7". Uh, and now I just recently found out I've I've shrunk a couple of centimeters. <laughs> yeah, I never understood that. How the fuck do people shrink? I don't know. Anyway, so back in high school, I was weighing about in the range of the middle 200s, 200 pounds or so. And... Like I said, I mean, high school wasn't an issue because nobody teased me there. Nobody bullied me there in high school. It was all in grade school, which is ironic because when I went to public school, I was fine. But then I go to a Catholic school where they're supposed to be all Jesus-friendly and shit, and they tease me like hell, mercilessly, even. So, I mean, who, ironic as that may be. Uh, and my sisters and brother went to a Catholic high school. I went to a public high school. Because I know how I felt in Catholic school. So here we are, graduating high school, and... Victor couldn't afford to go the extra year to get his full diploma. So I had to drop out. I mean, I was having trouble. I was working. I was caring for my mom and, and stuff like that. And my dad and various other people. And excuse me. 
and that was uh you know i just got i needed the money more than i needed the schooling and besides i was i was kind of bored in school there was nothing that interested me and then the one teacher that did interest me retired and went on to an acting career because apparently he landed on a uh, a commercial for Freedom 55. It's an insurance thing. Plays a caveman. A caveman elder or something like that. Mr. Burke. I don't remember his first name offhand. But he was my favorite teacher. I mean, I don't. I, I loved this class. But every teacher after that kind of, you know, went the way of the dodo. Except for one, Mr. Mays. Which is probably why I spent most of my time in the music classroom. Uh, during and after school. Uh, well, on my times off. That being my free periods and stuff. But... Um, I'm digressing here and with good cause. When I quit school, I started working. And then for a while, work dried up. Amazingly enough, I got fired because someone else on my crew was stealing stuff from a school. Because at the time I was working for uh, the Peel Regional uh, Schooling, Peel Regional District Schooling, and uh, we were cleaning up the high schools. And this woman, I drove a crew of people from a downtown location to our job site. And that job site, she would steal. Well, no, she would bring clothes, which she claimed she was fixing at the, uh, essentially at the sewing machines in the home ec room. I had no reason to doubt her. You know, who am I to doubt her? Suffice it to say, she didn't come home with clothing that she fixed she came home with stereos and vcrs and a whole bunch of shit so i was fired because i was guilty of by association and they figured well i must have known how the fuck am i gonna uh, supposed to know i'm just the driver well, I was the janitor too, but I was just the driver. Suffice it to say, at that point, I decided to go back to college. Now, up here in Canada, we can go back to college as a mature student. In other words, you actually get credits uh, in terms of life experience. So I went back to college for social work and... Uh, <laughs> That's when our premier, who at the time was, I believe, Mike Harris of the Provincial Conservative Party, 
he was doing a whole bunch of cutbacks in government funding. And guess where most of that funding came from? Or where most of that funding was cut off from? That's right, social work. So I just I had to go do a job that I wasn't originally trained for, that being nursing. So I went to that, and, uh, you know, I was there for a while. And then, thank God I did that, because some of that gave me my the experience I needed to manage a nursing home after that. And that's where I went until I went blind. Now, throughout that whole time, I was a big man. I was a huge man. I was uh, hefty. I sneaked up all the way to 300, 325. Yeah. And then at one point, uh, because I'd gone through a severe depression when I lost my sight back in 2002, I... Gained a lot of weight. I went up to about 400, 450, 450 pounds at one point. And um, at that point, we decided to, that was enough. So I had bariatric surgery. The surgery was called a gastric sleeve. That's where they remove about 90% of your stomach. So your stomach is about the size of your big thumb. And for those who can't see, I'm holding up my thumb like I'm assuming you can see. But anyway, uh, yeah, so I I had that surgery. And wow, I mean, in the first, I was, I went, I had to, well, really limit my, diet in the month prior to the surgery because I'm not sure why, but we did. And I lost about 25, 30 pounds right then and there when I limited my diet. And then I had the surgery back in 2007. And Then, after surgery, I had to go on a fully liquid diet. That means no pills, at least not in pill format. It had to be completely crushed. And that tasted like shit. No, I'm sorry. I think shit would taste better. Yeah. It tasted worse than shit. I mean, it was at the point where I was retching. And let's face it. You're retching after surgery. You're bound to split a stitch or two. So I called up the doctor and I told him, hey, you know, can I go back to full scale pills? And thank God at that point, he let me. Otherwise, I think I would have blown a stitch or something else. I don't know what they, you know, what they used to close off my stomach, but they did something. So here we are. 
were, you know, gradually going from a liquid to a semi-solid to solid food. And I lost a total of about a hundred, hundred and so pounds. So I landed back down at three, three twenty-five for a while. And uh, that's where I stayed for the bulk of, I want to say, 13 or 14 years. I pretty much stayed at around uh, 325. Sure, I fluctuated up and down 10 pounds, 5 pounds here, 10 pounds there. But it never passed 335. And it never went below 315. I was in that range. At this point, there was nothing I, did, I, I could do. Well, in 2020, I made a decision to go out west. And I was out west in British Columbia, northern British Columbia, for about eight months. I left at the end of March, beginning of April, and came back in October. And during that time... I came back down to 240 pounds. The lowest I'd been since high school. Yeah, don't even get me started how I did that because uh, the tail is long and, and, and winding and I really don't want to talk about that. At some point... When I got back, I mean, the fact is, my wife can cook. Annabelle is no slouch in the cooking department at all. And at the beginning of our marriage, things were tight, mostly because. We had to use up our savings. Otherwise, disability wouldn't give me any money. And, uh, you know, we had to retool our mortgage, our payments, all that nifty shit, you know, our responsibilities, so that they coincided with our payments. And payment schedule. Well, since then, we've paid off our house. We've gotten rid of our car, which is a source of uh, our biggest source of lost income. But we still have a second mortgage that was taken out for another reason altogether. So here we are doing this whole second mortgage thing. 
And um, when I came back, well, my eating habits continued. I was given three square meals a day. Always had, if I wanted, if I got a craving, I had it. Oh, God, I was able to get Timmy's again on a regular basis. Oh, my God. You have no idea what that was like. For the longest time, I would say, I would have to say about five, six years until now, my doctor referred me to the bariatric program at the at well in Ontario. It's called the Bariatric Network, and it's a group of hospitals in Ontario, the province where I live. And they create a bariatric program that people can get into. Now, the number one procedure in this bariatric program is the Ruan Y. Some of you may know it as stomach stapling. Uh but the official name of it is a Ruan Y. Now, that kind of has to do with the procedure itself. Um, and for those who don't know, Ruan Y is French. Um, but one of the biggest issues that help me fail my gastric sleeve issue or my gastric sleeve surgery was that I hadn't, I didn't have any bariatric care after my surgery. All I had was a surgical follow-up. In other words, the doctor made sure that I healed but he didn't give me ongoing bariatric support like counseling and stuff like that. So that was the reason I failed the first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of you might be saying, well, Victor, I mean, let's be honest. You're the one that failed, not the system. Yes, I did. But consider this. The surgeon who gave me the surgery decided what surgery I needed. Apparently, he was trying to prove a point with another doctor that all you needed was the gastric sleeve. And then he went on to fuck his secretary and go to Mexico where he was uh, disgraced. And I've never seen him again. Yeah, I know. It's a long story. But anyway, that's what happened with me. 
but as I said, you know, I've been asking my doctor to refer me to this bariatric network. Now, originally, I don't know what happened. If he referred me right away or if I'm not sure what the delay was. Unfortunately, he was my best family doctor or GP, as you guys like to call him in America. And I know I knew him for 40, God, 48 years. Holy shit. Yeah, 48 years. He retired. Apparently he was getting a little long in the tooth, so to speak. And um, I don't know what happened. It took seven years, six or seven years to get onto this program. And every so often, I'd remind my doctor. Whether that did anything, I don't know. But I finally got into it. And, of course, they would put me at the most Western hospital doing this this program, which is the Humber River Hospital. Well, sorry. I can't I can't decide that they changed their name because it used to be called the Humber River Regional Hospital. But apparently that's not the name anymore. But that's where I got the call from. And uh, I had a, an initial assessment. They were going to see if I wanted the surgery or the Optifast program. Now, the Optifast program is something that all people do, whether they're having the surgery or not. Uh, I say that because my sister, who was also large, also did the program, except she went all the way. She did the Rue-on-Y and everything. And she had to do the Optifast uh, program. With me, I just have to do the Optifast program. Now, the Optifast program is a program that essentially replaces your meals with caloric shakes. They have two shakes, chocolate and vanilla. I was kind of hoping it'd be more, you know, food-oriented. I could get a, maybe, I don't know, a soup type of uh, thing, but no. It's chocolate and vanilla. These are apparently complete in caloric intake. And the total turns out to be anywhere between uh, 900 and 1,200 calories. Now, as, as you may know, the daily caloric intake for somebody is 
nine to 1200 calories per day is what you need to survive. Everything else is gravy. So you have vegetables, meat, protein, carbohydrates, and yeah, that's your dinner. About 900 to 1,200 calories a day. You have that, I don't know, three times. You have a balanced breakfast, balanced lunch, dinner. You know, the whole works. Well, all of that's gone. I have anywhere between four and five shakes a day. Now, this is what I'm going to have. And I'll get into what's going on now in a in a few minutes. That's what I've been told I'm going to have. And it'll be for 12 weeks or three months. And then the next month or so, we transition from the shakes to solid foods. Because our bodies have to get used to solid foods again. And then, I don't know, about at the six-month mark, we should be on solid foods again. That's what they said is supposed to happen. Now, according to my sister, the first week is pure hell. I would assume yes, because let's face it, 900 to 1,200 calories? I mean, that's a, that's a very low amount. I mean, let's face it, guys. I didn't get this big by, you know, watching my calories. The fact is, you know, inactivity... Uh, Eating, satisfying certain cravings, blah, blah, blah. You know, that's how I got up here. Not to mention, that's also how I fucked, fucked up my body enough that I went blind and had a coronary bypass. So, at this point, yeah. Now, the reason I'm, I'm having this show today is because I officially started my first class yesterday. We are going to be meeting every week for 12 weeks, I think she said. And there is a social worker, a kinesiologist, a dietitian, and a doctor. In other words, I'm going to have all four people looking at me. And I have access to all four. Oh, and a nurse. Sorry, I forgot that. There's going to be a nurse looking after me too. So I have all those four people looking after me. Should be interesting. So at that point, I'll be attacking this weight 
issue from a psychological standpoint, a nutritional standpoint, and a kinesiology. Let me try this again. Kinesiological standpoint. And, uh, you know, we're going to do this fairly... I don't know how I'm going to do. So I officially started yesterday. I still have to do a blood test. Uh, it's supposed to be a fasting blood test. I thought I was going to do one today, but I didn't end up doing it because apparently the hospital isn't taking outside uh, lab requisitions. So I made an appointment for, uh, I forget the day. Anyway. So that's where we are now. So a couple of notes. Uh, I am a little worried. I'm a little worried, and I'll tell you why. The first and foremost, the doctor didn't know who I was. In other words, he had the wrong chart up on his computer when he called me to do that initial assessment. That didn't help. I also didn't get the blood requisition that he was talking about. Of course, I fucked that up because I later found that requisition in an old email. Like I said, out of mind, out of sight, you know. But here we are, and yeah, it worries me that this doctor had the wrong file up on his computer when he called me. Because how he got the number right, I have no idea. <laughs> but um, supposedly we need to have that first initial assessment with the doctor before the program. That's not going to happen. We've already diverted from the program a little bit by letting me start the program without the assessment. Uh, the other issue is, of course, that... Well, here's, here's where it gets interesting. We have... We're doing this virtually. And the program that that is used is called GoTo. And as it is, it's completely inaccessible. I can't read anything with the object navigation, the JAWS cursor, the virtual cursor, the touch cursor, in JAWS, all of it. I tried everything. Three different screen readers for crying out loud. And the program's not accessible at all. And for those who don't know, we have a law here called the Accessibility for Ontarians with Disabilities Act, 
which says that a proper uh, alternative has to be made where a person a blind person has to be accommodated and yes they did accommodate me but they also accommodated everybody because they not only uh, offer the go to program but it is kind of like zoom in that you can call a number and be part of the meeting. So that's not a big issue. At least not yet, anyway. I mean, I had to get my daughter's help to get me into the meeting room. I mean, I should have seen that the first time because that's where our initial meeting with the nurse went, was, rather, the orientation. But I didn't think twice about it because I thought, okay, well, maybe it was something I did wrong. Turns out it wasn't. The actual window or application screen is completely inaccessible. Um, so that's troubling but not as troubling as the requirements of this program. You're required to meet with the doctor once a month. And before that meeting goes, you have to have a blood test. Presumably so they can see how the shakes are affecting us and stuff like that. You know, I mean, it's it's the usual shit. <clears throat> I guess they want to make sure we're not also, you know, dying. Uh, but yeah, so I'm thinking I may have a problem with the discipline of the whole thing. It's going to require a lot of discipline. Now, for those who don't know, in case this is your first time tooling, uh, tooling, no, tuning into whose blind life is it anyway, you can check out my other shows. I don't work on a script. And when I do work on a script, it's usually disastrous. I always work off the cuff. And that goes for my life as well. And some of you may be thinking, well, Victor, hello. Look what it did to your weight. And you're right. You're right. Unfortunately, I think I am suffering the repercussions of my total lack of interest in my health when I was younger. Having gone, uh, having been young and feeling immortal didn't help. And so I didn't really look after my health. I ate whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted, how I wanted. 
And I didn't pay attention to my family doctor who said I was borderline diabetic. Well, that borderline diabetes affected my vision. And while my removing my vision did away with my materialistic side of my personality, didn't really do away with my lack of control. I don't, I don't know. How would you call it? I mean, what would you call it? I don't know. So it's a group of us that meet once a week. And the funny thing part, the funny part is, it seems that I'm the only male in this group. Everybody else is female. Well, there is a trans person in there, but she hasn't had surgery yet. So, yeah. I'm the only male. The other thing, too, is I would think that something like this would have a group support system. Meaning we could get together once in a while share coping strategies, that sort of thing. But no. That's not happening. Apparently, whatever coping strategies we get, we're going to have to get from the social worker, the dietitian, the kinesiologist, all that nifty shit. We cannot... That's not to say we can't go to the other members. In other words, they specifically said if we want to coordinate something like that between ourselves, we can. I may coordinate something like that. I may not. I don't know. Depends on how much trouble I have during this program. Having said that, We'll have to see how the program goes. And I am going to be here every week to tell you about it. Now, I'm not sure if I can share my notes with you. Like I said, I don't do scripts. But I will talk about my meetings. I will not talk about anybody's name however like I said they're all women and thank God they're kind of open there's a whole makeup of cultures there and one of the women is a transsexual now, I don't know about you, but I kind of am ignorant when it comes to tranny talk. 
And yes, I am copywriting that phrase. I didn't know what she meant by tranny talk. But I think, you know what? It's better to ask now rather than later. <laughs> and ironically enough, this is one of the subjects that's going to come up in an episode of The Blind Perspective this week. Uh, but anyway, I asked, can you explain what trans what you mean by you're a trans because those were her exact words she said that she needs to lose weight in order to take the hormones that she needs to proceed with the surgery in other words she wants to go whole hog and change herself into a male. She was born a woman, but she wants to change herself into a man. Now, um, I have no idea how they do that. Don't even ask. Uh, but she's going to have this change. I don't know if she'll be successful. Hopefully she will. Who knows? You know, if she wants to change over, let her change over. Uh, but like I said, I've always been, uh, you know, I'm totally confused. I mean, are you changing over to remain a lesbian? Which, of course, if you do change over, are you still a lesbian? Or are you changing over to have sex with men? I don't know. I didn't ask her, you know. I, 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 I actually had some discipline and refrained from asking that type of sensitive question. But believe me, it was rocking the back of my throat. <laughs> and I was going to ask, and if we didn't get out of there, and if I didn't need to go to the bathroom, I would have asked. <laughs> Um, and no, I will not divulge any part of her, her name or anything until she gives me permission. And I don't see that coming. She sounds pretty open about her trans sexuality. And I appreciate that. It's, it's nice that someone is not afraid to talk about themselves like that. Um. It seems that everybody's there for their own health. But there is one person who admitted she was there because she didn't like how she looked. Yes, I know that's materialistic. That's fine. But that's my opinion. Um. Uh, and, of course, you know, the social worker is there in the background saying, well, thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing. Oh, God. You know, people, they don't learn anything in school. And you guys know my stance. If you tuned in on the last Blind Perspective, 
We talked about this. Do we need education? And the fact is, we need education just so we can talk to our colleagues. Not to get skills, because those skills, I think we are innately born with them. But the fact is, we learn jargon. We learn the technical jargon that we can use to talk to our colleagues and the people that work with us. Otherwise, they get lost and all this other nifty shit. But that's all I think we need school from. But anyway, there you have it. We are starting this program. And I will give you guys a weekly update. And hopefully, who knows? At some point. I don't know. Maybe I'll, I'll take you guys out to buy a new set of clothes. Once in a while, I'll bring you with me to get weighed on my scale. So, at the moment, you guys should know, I do weigh 280 pounds. And, uh, well, I don't know. Alexa, what is 280 pounds in kilograms? 227 so about 127 kilograms for those on the metric system. Alexa, shut up. <laughs> so uh, I'm also 169 centimeters. As I said, I did shrink. And... Uh, at the moment, I am feeling lethargy because we've been sitting because of COVID for so long. And that's ironic considering I've got a fucking treadmill. So, there you have it. I hope you guys enjoyed. Actually, you know what? Before we go, we should check any comments. No, no comments. Okay. So, guys, again, if you have any questions, leave them in the comment section below and I'll answer them on the next show or send me an email if you have specific comments or questions that are personal in nature. Send it to me in private, whose blind life is it anyway, at gmail.com. And I'll address your questions or concerns without using your name. So thank you for joining me today. We will see you next week, folks. Bye-bye, everybody.